Hello, everyone. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. An important part of what we do here at Ministry Watch, especially with these extra episodes, is to bring to you thought leaders who have important things to say to both donors and ministry leaders. And that's why I'm pleased to have back on the program Phil Cook. Phil has written a provocative article for the Ministry Watch website about pastor and ministry leader compensation. Phil argues that we should be paying not less, but more. Now, before we let Phil make his case, let me tell you a little bit about him. Phil Cook is a working producer in Hollywood who also has a Ph.D. in theology. He's the author of a half dozen books on media and marketing and has been a contributor to Fast Company, Forbes, and The Huffington Post. He is also a member of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences, as well as the Producers Guild of America. And Phil spoke to me from his studio in Burbank, California. Well, Phil, welcome back to the program. You keep writing interesting stuff, so we keep having to have you back on the program. So, <laughs> it's interesting, interesting slash controversial might be a better way to describe it, huh? Well, this one, this one may be a little bit controversial, and 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 in fact, it's a little controversial with me. As a matter of fact, I'm I am uh, two minds on this. But before we get there. Take the floor, Phil. Make your case. We should be paying ministers and pastors, ministry leaders, more money. Phil Cook, go. <laughs> well, first of all, understand that, you know, the baseline of this argument is I understand that churches, ministry organizations, nonprofits, budgets are tight. I get that. These are not 500, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Uh, these are organizations where budgets are tight. But having said that, um, I think that there's an argument to be made for paying people more money. Um, and, and like, you know, like we're having right now, good people can come down on both sides of the argument. So it's not a, it's not a, you know, provocative thing from that perspective. I just have, have been in situations over the years and I've consulted and advised numerous churches and ministries, hundreds of them over the years. And I've just been in so many situations where, churches or ministry organizations, I, I must say, particularly ministry organizations, had leadership that was just simply not qualified because they weren't going to pay them very much. And so over and over, I see that happening so often that I'm thinking, okay, what's going on? And I, and I recall as a kid, you know, back in my parents' generation, it became the low overhead thing. That was the big thing. You know, people wanted to donate to ministries that had low overhead, which meant, which meant all my donations or most of my donation is going to the field, going to the ministry, going to the work instead of going to the office. And that was laudable. I know donors who they, that was almost their number one criteria. You know, how low is your overhead? But I think what happens is we just keep chipping away at that overhead to the point where we don't get really qualified people running the organization. Now, obviously, there are some people that are qualified. There's some people that work for free. And, you know, I have a little nonprofit that my wife and I created called the Influence Lab, and we train Christians around the world to use media more effectively. We don't get paid largely because... I have Cook Media Group, our, our company that helps support me. However, I just believe that when it comes to ministries, we need to consider, 
That's all I'm saying is we need to consider trying to find the best people we possibly can. Obviously, calling is a big part of it. Obviously, passion is a big part of it. However, I think we need to consider paying people what they're worth. Christians deserve it. We need to raise the bar. I mean, here's the deal. It's not just about how low the overhead is. It's how effective you are. Are we reaching the world with the gospel? Are we doing whatever we're supposed to be doing, building water wells in India or helping, you know, build building orphanages in Africa, whatever our task is, are we doing it at an amazing level? That's the criteria I want to look at. And if I have to pay a leader more who's a, who's brilliant at it and who can do a great job, I suggest we consider that. There you go. I rest my case. All right. Very good. Well, no, well done, Phil. Uh, I've got to tell you, I've got to own a couple of things here in the beginning that, you know, I'm, uh, I, first of all, I agree pretty much with everything that you said, uh, that, you know, the workman is worthy of his hire. The Bible says so. And so, you know, there there should be uh, really no biblical objection to uh, paying uh, folks what they're worth to do the job that they're doing. And I should also own the fact that, you know, we here at Ministry Watch spend a lot of time looking at overhead. We publish those numbers. You can go to the Ministry Watch 1000 database and you can see what the salaries of ministry leaders are and what the overall overhead administration and management costs are. So um, I also want to own that you know, we might be at least a little bit part of the problem. And let me further own the reality that um, we write a lot about pastors and ministry leaders that are making extravagant amounts of money. You know, when David Cirillo of the Inspiration Networks makes $7 million a year, we write about that. I mean, and we make no apologies for writing uh, about that. So uh, I um, both get your argument and want to own the fact that, you know, ministry watch and the work we do here could be, you know, at least in, in part, uh, the problem, but hang on before you say, but let me interrupt and say, you're really not part of the problem because obviously there are abuses. There are abuses. And I, and I've been, you know, I know plenty of ministries over the years that, that leaders abuse that not only in their salaries, but in their travel expenses and, and things like that. So there is a place to, to look at these extremes. And I, and I think what you're doing is, is, absolutely appropriate to do it because we do need to be careful. I'm just kind of suggesting that maybe we combine that, the overhead issues with the effectiveness issue, and maybe we come up with some kind of a better balance in, in the, in the mix. I appreciate that, Phil. And, and, and let me also, again, just say that I mostly agree with you. I mean, I definitely think that, you know, to pay, you know, if you can pay a leader 10% more and get 50% more effectiveness from the organization because of that, at that on one level is just a no-brainer. I, I will say, though, and I want you to react to this, that, you know, I've, I look at a lot of studies and a lot of surveys. Uh, it's kind of, you know, a, a congenital flaw of being a journalist is that, you know, we look at those kind of data. And in fact, um, this is a little bit of a preview. Ministry Watch is in the middle right now of conducting a survey of the CEOs of the thousand largest Christian ministries in the country. One of the things that we ask them is how long have you been in your job? We don't ask them how much they make because we've got that data. We know how much they make. Um, so, But we do ask them how old they are and how long they have been in their job and uh, what their biggest challenges are. And I don't, I don't want to steal our own thunder because we're going to be releasing the results of that study in a couple of weeks. But one of the things that I'm learning is that 
ministry leaders, at least the CEOs, have been in their job a long time, that, um, and they also tend to be older. In fact, the, uh, we, we asked them to choose how old they were. We asked them how old they were by decade, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. The vast I would say 40% of them were in their 60s, and another 20% of them were in their 50s. So I could make the argument based on this data, Phil, that, you know, ministry CEOs seem to be doing okay. They seem to be liking their work. They seem to be getting paid well enough to stay in the job for many, many years. Um, how would you respond to that? Well, certainly there, and there's all kind of quirks to this too. I know, for instance, one big nonprofit that I recently did a project for has a, a CEO who is was a very successful businessman. And now he's retired and he's doing this more to fulfill you know, a passion of his and he's not making anything. Uh, I know pastors who are making no salary from the church, but they make it on book sales. So there are a lot of other, you know, mixes and strange, you know, combinations and things like that in here. But yeah, to a certain degree, you have to say if they've been doing this for a long time and they're, you know, still making the same or, you know, making that kind of salary, maybe they are thrilled with it. Maybe they're doing okay. Um, I just, th there are a lot of situations I've encountered where I, I look at a lot of, and, and this is interesting because I, I, I worked with a, uh, just a couple years ago, I worked with a big nonprofit where the CEO was, um, just, he, he was an older guy. He was in his sixties, but he was really old school in his thinking. So the way they're raising money was super inefficient. The way they were going about doing the job was super inefficient. They were running off younger, talented people because he just didn't get the way they think. And so uh, there is, a, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer that seniority doesn't matter much in my book. I, I'm glad you're faithful. I'm glad you've been there a long time. But, you know, unions are built on the fact that the longer you work there, the more money you make. Well, let me tell you, I'd much rather pay a brilliant 25-year-old than a not-so-brilliant 55-year-old if they're dragging down the organization. So there are a lot of, you know, strange quirks in there that you have to take into account. And I'm not sure if there's a, a formula for doing all that or if I have the answers. But there's no question that, that yeah, I, I, I'm not even sure how to answer that totally because I don't know if I'm qualified or not. Right, right. No, I get that. And also, Phil, I've got to confess to you that I've been holding out on you just a little bit. One of the really important findings of our survey, which is that uh, we asked the, the CEOs what the most challenging problem that they are facing right now. And we gave them a lot of choices. We gave them, you know, probably seven or eight or nine choices, including fundraising, including, you know, the legal environment. In other words, do they consider, you know, like religious liberty and challenges to, you know, their Christian mission and so on and so forth. And we also gave them a blank where they could write in anything they wanted. And the number one choice, the number one problem the, the, that the CEOs identified as being the most significant problem that they face is, guess what? Finding and retaining good people. So I would say that that, that finding alone um, would definitely support what you are saying. That's interesting. That's really interesting to me. You know, I, I, last week, like we, we talked about earlier, last week I flew in from, or day before yesterday, I flew in from Korea. I was asked to go to Seoul and speak at a marketplace leaders conference. And my topic was after COVID-19, where do we go from here? As leaders, what should our priorities be? And number one on that list was hiring and retaining great 
talent. And what we're finding is, of course, after COVID, the marketplace completely shifted and suddenly companies are finding it really hard to restaff back up. For a while, I think this is starting to change dramatically, but for the but since since COVID, we've been in this kind of a it's been an employee's world out there. They could control things. But today, in fact, my neighbor, I have a neighbor here in Los Angeles where I live who runs all the post-production for Sony Entertainment, their big film studio here in Hollywood. And he said he's lucky to get people to come back just three days a week. He said employees are still pretty much in control here in Hollywood. Um, but I think and in that environment, I think our challenge really is going to be more and more difficult. And that is finding really great talent. But to do that, I think we're going to have to pay him more. That's a big part of it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Well, Phil, I don't want to belabor the point. I just want to tell our listeners that um, your article is up on our website. It's up on your website as well, philcook.com. It's up at ministrywatch.com. I strongly recommend that you go check it out wherever you want to read it. And, um, yeah, so, Phil, thanks so much for being on the program. And, for, and, I, and I'm ready to see that survey. As soon as you release it, I'm going to get that survey. Yeah, That's fantastic. we're still a couple of weeks away. You know, we, we want to make sure we have the appropriate response rate to make sure that we, you know, that the that sure. what we're saying in it is valid. But, yeah, we're getting some interesting stuff, and we've been really gratified with the response that we've gotten from these. Uh, you know, because we've, we've only asked the CEOs of the 1,000 largest Christian ministries in the country to take the survey. So we weren't expecting, you know, much of a response rate. But we've, uh, it, but we've gotten a good response rate. Certainly a good enough response rate to, uh, you know, to I think uh, lend credence to some of the findings that we're going to get. Uh, it's not a scientific study at all, but um, yeah, looking forward to releasing it. And this uh, this little conversation is a bit of a preview on that. So thanks for it. that uh, too, Phil. That brings to a close this episode of the Ministry Watch Extra podcast. You can find the article we discussed today by going to the Ministry Watch website or by going to philcook.com. Before we go, I'd like to remind you that Ministry Watch is donor-supported. We take no money from ministries. All of our content is free, no paywall. That means we couldn't do what we do without faithful donors. You guys are the real heroes of this enterprise. So if you'd like to join this heroic group by pitching in to make sure that Ministry Watch remains a viable endeavor, you can go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suddeth. I'm Warren Smith, and you've been listening to the Ministry Watch Podcast. Until next time, may God bless you.